a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. This is the St. Louis wrap-up. Lots to talk about when it comes to St. Louis, including that incredible, incredible dirt. Uh, thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Please subscribe to Racer X magazine, and uh, we would we really great, greatly appreciate it. Some real cool stories coming up. Eddie Hicks' story that I worked on along with DC is coming up soon in the magazine. And, uh, yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. Appreciate it. Fly Racing, Blake Baggett. Seven Deuce Deuce puts it in the main with Fly Racing. Weston Pike, also the top Fly Racing rider this week. Zach Osborne won the 250s with Fly Racing. FlyRacing.com, please check them out. Get it to, go to your local dealer, demand it, insist on it. Uh, also, too, mountain bike line, snow, snowmobile line, watercraft stuff. FlyRacing.com has got you covered. Casual wear as well. And we thank the folks at Alpine Stars. Uh, Alpine Stars, whether it's the Tech 10, the Tech 7, or the A4 Chess Pro uh, that a lot of riders wear underneath their gear alpine star protects also maxis tires uh from your bike to your truck to your trailer to your utv to your quad to the new mxst tire coming out for dirt bikes developed by the king jeremy mcgrath maxis.com has got you covered for all sort of wheel needs and tires and things like that we thank those guys as well uh, for coming on all right let's discuss st louis and everything that went down there first up on the line he wasn't at St. Louis, but he's my boss at Racer X Online. Yeah. He's still happy about Brayton. He's still celebrating Brayton's win. Dude, Brayton even won the heat race, man. We were on an undefeated streak. Yeah. We're on an undefeated streak. We had gone 2-0. and Yeah. And somewhere, you know, three out of five. Yeah. You count Atlanta. We were on the gas. Absolutely. Absolutely. But now I got an issue with your over-under bridges because that totally effed us. Well, on the start, bro. Come I'll get, I'll get to that. Brayton, Brayton's gonna live and die with that position. And I was, yes. and I was saying that that yes. wasn't so great to him. No, because um, he nailed everything. The start was perfect, and he still didn't get a good start. Yeah, exactly. He had twenty well, feet further to go. No, but he is, he is holding strong to that theory of picking that gate. All right. So, and also okay. on the line. From uh, Schmanish Frant Schmoto podcast, uh, he's a former pro racer. He's an arena cross champion. He is on your TV uh, on Fox Sports uh, in Supercross, or he's doing live announcing in the stadium. He's Daniel Blair. What's up, DB? Uh, you know, see if you keep having me on these shows, people are going to start thinking we're friends, and that's, uh, that's that not is, good for social media. That so is not wanna... good. Uh, no, you yeah. might want to reconsider this moving forward. Right. There is now a Twitter account, Daniel Blair sucks. Why can't? 
So I suggest you follow it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, well, I was I had some free time this weekend, so <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and uh, by the way, I'm the only one on this podcast who was not on TV. So I'm just a schmuck who's not on TV. I think that's going to change anytime soon. Nope, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think that's going to change at all. No, I, I, I don't like my odds for either sanctioning body or promoter to grab me and put me on TV. I don't think. I don't think that's going to happen. So I'll uh, I'll put in a good word with my guys. Oh, thank you, thank you, Daniel. <laughs> thank you, all I appreciate right. it. Um, but uh, no, for reals, uh, good job on the broadcast, Daniel. I haven't watched all the way through it yet, but um, you, you're really doing a good job with that with that trackside stuff. And I'm guessing, Blair, we, we had you on the Pulp Show. Um, out of all the things you do, and you do race day live every weekend with the legend that is Jim Hawley, uh, you do the live announcing and you do the uh, the TV stuff. The TV stuff has got to be the most fun. Yeah, it is for me because it's just it's just quick hits, you know. With Arena Cross and and Race Day Live, they're more long form and you're they're just more extended. But for the the live TV stuff, you just get to sit there and wait, and then just drop fire bombs when you want to, and it's it's a lot easier for sure. And I don't know, it's just the environment. You're down on the floor; it's real loud, and I I, I love it. I'm having a good time, but. If you haven't got all the way through the end of the show, then you might not have heard. I actually created a brand new word this weekend. Oh, you did, did you? Oh yeah. So I, uh, I, I thought I. Well, here's how it's really bad. I meant to say decimals, but I said something even worse than that. I thought I said decibels, <laughs> and then I listened back. Actually, it was decibels. <laughs> so um, I'm actually right, right now creating a definition for the word. I'm going to submit it to Webster, right. and I think we'll be good moving forward. But yes, yeah. I, I, Weege, I don't know if you caught it, but I brought something brand new to the TV show this weekend. I, I thought it was decibel, and uh, I was like, okay, well, I like Daniel, so I'm going to give him credit because I know he meant decimal. But I thought you said decibel is in sound, a unit of sound, not time. But apparently neither. I didn't realize. Yeah, no. He neither was. No, right. which, well, to me, that's better because now I have a chance to create a perfect definition for exactly what I meant. And then, yeah, I'm in the clear. So, uh, yeah, like I said, bring in, uh, bring in hot fire to the uh, TV broadcast. Um, and also, all three of us, although you two are on TV, and I am not, um, all three of us have worked with Jim Hawley before also. Uh, Wygant, you and Jim, of course, did the webcast for uh, five, six years or something. And, Daniel, you've been doing the, the Race Day Live with, with Hawley the last couple of years. And I worked with Jim Hawley at two Montreal Supercrosses. He was my, play, he was my analyst. And uh, that man, he is a legend. He is a oh, legend, Weege. Right? <laughs> what was my advice before that Montreal race? Yeah, I I, I I called Wygan and said, "Hey, I'm a little nervous. I've never done play by play. That's 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 a that's a real skill. I feel that play by play is is more of a skill than the analyst. Sorry, Blair, but I do. And um, I agree. Yeah, and, and play by play guy is is a tougher job. And I was worried about it. And I said, Weege, do you have any tips? Anything you can give me? And we said, if you stumble or you don't quite have things together, throw anything to Holly." And you'll be able to recover. Just throw it to Holly, and you'll be able to recover. And Daniel, you have used this also, this strategy. Oh yeah, without question. It's uh, it was the first thing I was told by Andy Boyer. He said, "Hey, if you ever get in a pickle, you know, you don't know where you want to take some things, and you need a little bit more time, send a nice softball over to Jim, and he will take that sucker, and then you can kind of refocus, regroup." Yeah. And I, I'd be lying if I said I don't do that. Probably still one to two times a show. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it works every time. Yep. And, and and Weege, he was on the he was on the show Pulp Show last Monday talking about how, you know, he was out. Al- he'd elbow you. 
he'd start hitting you. He'd have his binoculars out. Oh, yeah, there's a lot <laughs> on the contact. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yes. But there was nothing Jim can't break down. Like, there's nothing. No, like, you, no. you can't throw him anything that he'll be like, I got nothing. Yeah. He's never, he's never had nothing, uh, ever. That's not that's not true. I, I throw Ooh. I throw little things at him during the show, like some Dave Chappelle type stuff, or little like some modern stuff that he's not aware of, just to see if he catches it. And he misses a few things here and there. It's 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 something I've been trying to do every show now. And uh, let's just put it this way: he's never watched Chappelle because that seems to be my go-to. When I want to throw something at him and fluster him a little bit, I'll bring up some old skit and. Uh, that's the one area you can get him. If you're ever in a conversation with Jim and you just want to see him kind of react in an odd way, throw a little Chappelle at him. Well, oh, at least he's show. at least he's moving on to smartphones, though. Oh, he is. He's getting better. <laughs> he's he's getting phones, right? He's getting like the hang of phones and cameras, things like that. I think so. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's get into this. Uh, also, Blair, I got an issue again with your press conferences. We'll get to that at the end. Why can't go figure? Kawasaki is not happy with you, and you're spreading of rumors. We will get to that also. They they oh, were God. looking for you this weekend. Uh, by and by the way, I said to them, in, in, you know, you know how this goes. Why can't you're in the truck? They're all around you, and they're oh, all yeah. and they're all just hammering you. And oh, I said, yeah. listen, you guys, listen. And Eli was there too. You're the only people in this pits that aren't happy that Brayton won. So I get it. You hate Brayton, but everybody else thought it was awesome. And then Tomac was like, I thought it was great. I thought it was awesome. And the Cow guys are like, oh, yeah, I thought it was great, too. That's, that's cool. It's cool that he won. And I'm like, you guys are such liars. You guys are such liars. But I don't know. I, I, I didn't, Eli didn't seem upset that Brayton won. No, but he, you know, he wanted to win. He, he'd be the only guy to be like, ah, shit, you know? I guess so. Yeah. But they seem like definitely 99.9%. Well, if we're not going to win, this is yeah. actually pretty cool. Yeah. No, I don't hold any of that against uh, well, I was so Anyway, to... that, we'll talk about that right, later. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of Eli, holy shit, Blair. Um, look, he's not going to win this title unless a miracle happens. But he got his fifth win. And this was, whether it was the quad, whether it was the 3-3-3, whether it was the three before the first turn, this thing wasn't even close. It was... Uh, it was amazing, Daniel. Great ride. Yeah, yeah, and it, it started in qualifying. He was pretty much on another level there, and you could you could see it pretty early that he came to play. And I think he was just kind of, I guess, riding the wave of that second half of the Daytona main event, you know. And he was just he came out just swinging. And then I thought he was a little odd in the qualifier. He got up to third and then kind of sat there and and wasn't really making moves. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe we still have a, a, a good night and a mm-hmm. good race and play here. And then. When he came around in the first turn, had the whole shot, I went, you know what? I, I It was just like the feeling of this thing is over. And you know yeah. what's weird is Anderson makes a huge mistake early. So Eli's lead was big, like on the first lap, and it was just over. And it's just one of those nights, you know, with him, it's when everything is working perfectly, yeah. he really, really is unstoppable. And what I was kind of impressed with, I guess I would say impressed with, is he kept pushing all the way, even as the lead got over 15 mm-hmm. seconds. I felt like it was a statement, like, I am going to win by as absolutely far as possible just for whatever motivation he had for it. But he just kept pushing. Even as the track got worse, he never slowed down. And it was one of those rare uh, hangtown-type rides, yeah. or even like Salt Lake last yeah. year, where he just was on another level and made, made everybody look like they just weren't in his class. Lapped up to eighth. Um, I talked to some oh, Freeze after the race, and Freeze was like, dude, 
I was like ninth, tenth, and he came up to me, and he went by me so fast. Where did he? Who did he lap up to? I'm like, yeah, like eighth. And Freeze is just like, holy smokes! Like, other riders were impressed with his speed as he was lapping them. Um, it, uh, yeah, it was something else. He he had a close one where he didn't go three three three, but he went two three over the big one, and he went a little long. Other than that, I think he was perfect. Um, and he looked good all day. Oh, you're right, though, Blair. Uh, the heat race was weird. It was weird. Uh, he couldn't get around Baggett. Got ended up third. Uh, looked frustrated at times, but um, overall, I mean, this just Weege, fifth win of the year. And, and I mean, I guess in the end, just rack up wins and finish second in the points and keep going on. Uh, yeah, we discussed this week in and week out. Yeah. Uh, when yeah. he's when he's on, there's not much anyone can do with him. Uh, then it becomes us sucking up the Eli Tomac fest. But uh, then moments like this, it's 100% deserved. Same thing. Yeah, as soon as you see him round that first turn, and then he busts out the quad, you're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like Anderson at this point has an incentive to ride at 110%. I mean, even under normal circumstances, Anderson riding the best he could to catch and pass Eli is going to be tough. But he's not going to put in the race of his life right now. I don't think Anderson yeah. I think he wants to win. He says he wants to win, and I believe he does. Yep. But he's not going to do anything crazy balls. So, yeah, it's but, over like that. Although, Anaheim 1 was over as well. It was yeah. in the exact same situation. No, for sure. And, and look, Anderson had nothing for Eli, but he had a lot for everyone else. Like, big gap to Marv. You know what I mean? Like, Anderson had Marv and everybody else covered. So. Yeah, if you look at the last couple of weeks, don't you kind of feel that Marv had kind of drawn up even to Anderson again? And it yep. was kind of like, yep. depending on where they start, you couldn't clearly say that one dude was faster than the other maybe the last three or four weeks. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Anderson left no doubt this time. He pulled away. Yeah, it was uh, pretty gnarly. Did you see that close call by Tomac, Blair? In the no, I didn't see oh, it. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it was on TV or not. I got a really bad habit of looking away from the monitor. I kind of go back and forth. I know, Weed, you know, I'm supposed to stare at the monitor at all times, and I find myself drifting and looking around and then all of a sudden going back and kind of catching up. So I don't know. If it even was on TV, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but I I didn't see it. Every yeah. time I saw him on there, it looked pretty flawless. And you know, it's funny as you mentioned about the Marvin and Anderson kind of a little bit of a swap this week. Well, if you go back a few races at Tampa, that was the last time we were at like a real regular Supercross. Remember, Atlanta was Triple Crown, Daytona yeah. was its thing, and that night it was different. It was Eli and Marv out front, Anderson alone in third, which kind of resembled maybe what we all thought the season was going to look like. I, I mean, I, I felt Eli and Marvin were maybe your two favorites, and Anderson was just a little bit behind. And So I kind of felt like the tide had turned, too. Atlanta, obviously, was its own thing with a triple crown, so you can kind of throw that out as a wash, and then Daytona, its own thing. But it seems like, at least on this night, Anderson did kind of reclaim himself as yeah. the best guy non-Eli. And, um, and yeah, you're right. Like I don't I – don't, I asked him in the press conference, I said, how do you manage the, the, the balancing of you want to be a champion, so you got to focus on your title, but you also want to win races? Because he told Holly on Race Day Live, like, he's got a magic number of races he wants to win this year. That's his goal. That's how he's kind of staying focused on the individual nights and not letting the championship get to him. He, he's got a number he wants to hit. He wouldn't tell Holly. Holly asked him, hey, well, what's that number? And Anderson goes, eh, I don't want to say. But I think that for him – He'll take a chance and go after Eli if the scenario is right, but he even said in the press conference, Eli, in his words, were savage. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I think it was one of those nights where I think he learned early, lap two or three. He was like, okay, well, that's not going to happen. Right. 
But then he just rode his own race like he did in the heat race and then pulled away from Marvin. And, and I thought Marvin, to be honest, looked a little uncharacteristic. He just, he just didn't have the fire that I kind of thought he would on that track. It, uh, it was weird, Blair, being there. And why again, you weren't there, but being there outside of Baggett and Pike going at it. Dude, and it was a great track. It was great dirt, as we all know. But, Blair, there was nothing going on in that 450 main event. It was bizarre a little bit. You're just like, what is – and, again, great track, great dirt. You know, sometimes we see lousy tracks and slick dirt and no one can do anything and they kind of follow each other. That was not the case here. And, Blair, there was just nothing going on. It was weird. I, I, I can't figure it out. Yeah, and I'm watching the monitor again and kind of bouncing back and right. forth the track and the monitor but they were bouncing around to different guys they got on craig for a minute and wilson and they st- they tried to stay on that pike baggett thing for a little bit. i mean they were trying to move around to show some different things but then nothing was really developing oh no, it wasn't much um, yeah. um, if i'm being completely honest right around eight or nine minutes in i started thinking hey throw the checkered and just send them back to the gate and let's just <laughs> do an impromptu triple crown on these guys because by about eight nine minutes in the spreads were big yeah. And now, like you said, they were they were searching for a battle, and they never really developed. They they wanted that one to happen, and they got close a couple times, and but they now, just, no one really made a move. And I don't really know I don't really know why. Just they all sat there, kind of. Now we had twenty seven laps in the main, and the Cali guys are asking me after the race. I'm positive we had a twenty seven lapper last year, but we haven't had too many. Weege, do you remember twenty seven lapper? Sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Yep. Um, but man, that's yeah, a lot of laps, and partly because Eli was going so damn fast in those laps. Um, we had a Bowers and a Reed incident. I don't know if either one of you saw that. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Bowers sent Chad a text <laughs> afterwards and said sorry about that. He kind of hit him a little bit. It wasn't that bad. Chad got caught in the ruts more than anything, I think. But um, that was that happened, and then Baggett followed Pike for eighteen minutes. All over him, Weege, and just could not get by. Pike pulled away at the end, um, but th- that was about the, the best battle we had out there. Uh, I talked to Baggett after the race. He is not riding during the week ever since Atlanta. He cased that jump. Uh, he had a bike issue, cased the jump, hurt his hand, and he said he's not riding during the week, and he is just trying to manage this thing, which why can't kind of like we talk about the injuries we've had, and we've had a lot, but th- there's a situation where, He's still racing, but he's a, he's nowhere near what he was. Yeah, well, it sounds familiar because he was in that similar situation in motocross last year, but at least that was the end of the year, you know, the last season of the year. So my question is kind of going forward, where is this going to leave him? Is this actually going to get better? Yeah. You know, in four or five weeks, is he going to be able to start riding again, or is yeah. he screwed all the way until September? Yeah. How's this going to work? Uh, I asked him about that, and he thinks that week off will help it out. So I yep. don't know, I, but yep. if I'm if I'm Forrest Butler of that team and it, and it's going to affect them, just go have surgery if you can come back for the outdoors. That's my thinking, you know. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would feel. Right. I mean, it, there's right. a million different circumstances involved right. in that, but you know, the thumb injury had over the summer last year. It was it wasn't going to improve. Right. It just had to be fixed. So I don't know if this is one of those or not. Uh, let's talk about Brayton a little bit. I don't know if you know Blair, but uh, we're not allowed to go down the track walk. Guys like myself and Wygant. So, so this little bit of a sticking point with me. But anyways, I'll move on. I'll move on, Blair. Um, but you were, and and also Blair, you raced for a long time at a pretty high level. Brayton had second pick, and we touched on this. But Brayton had second pick. He went to the right of the tunnel. Real cool idea with gates on either side of the over under. By the way, uh, Brayton went to the right of the tunnel, 
and didn't get the start he needed. Finished fourth, won the Heat, like I said, second best time. He told me, like, the rut outside the gate was great, and there was nothing wrong with that position, and he kind of stood his ground with that pick. I talked to different guys, Daniel, about that, where to go, and everyone outside of, like, Chiz thought that if you were on the right side of the, the gate, you were screwed. But yet Brayton, with the number two pick, went there, and then Baggett had number three pick, and Baggett went to the right of Brayton. So, what, Daniel, bad strategy, good strategy, thoughts overall on that gate position? That was the topic throughout the night, and I mean, we we were kind of watching it through every race and kind of seeing how it would work out, because I know J-Mart went out there early in the night, um, and Brayton, even like during the time qualifying, you know, when we're doing like the race day live, kind of the rehearsal, I went down there, and he chose that same gate for their, you know, their practice run for the Mm -hmm. the second qualifier. So, I, I mean, in my opinion, the way I looked at that spot was, I didn't feel it was a whole shot gate at all it's it was further out but i thought it was maybe like a safer gate if you're wanting to get a top five start because Mm -hmm. in the inside if one guy shuts the rest down then you can sweep in the big wide first corner and yeah i I think it would be probably the perfect gate if you're trying to guarantee a fourth fifth or sixth place start because you can kind of control the guys to the right of you you got a little bit of room to move but I don't think it was a right. whole shot spot, and I, and I don't recall seeing any from out there. Um, the only thing I can think of, and maybe you can correct me on this, but I, I know Brayton's got factory support on his bike. I don't know the, his engine package all the way. But for me, if I was on a bike that I felt maybe wasn't as fast as the others on a really long start, I might have taken that gate, too, just to kind of play it safe and not right. get pinned off okay. the inside. And wow. And is that am I am, am I right at that? What, what's the motor package like? Is that the only thing I could think of? Is that he chose a safer gate for a good start, knowing that a great start yeah, might I, not have been in the car. No, just the team has a motor guy that, that does the motors for them. Not not nothing to do with the factory bikes. Um, okay, but uh, well, you know who did pull a start was Mookie in the LCQ. But I don't even know if we can count that right. Why again? I mean, it's Mookie against Privateers. So no, every every week some factory guy gets in the yeah. LCQ yeah. and Pike did it in Atlanta. They right. just have three bike lengths. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> two they, seconds into the start, they're just like, hey, hey guys, Zabatsky. yeah, they're just like, hey guys, watch where, watch this factory bike, watch me and watch this factory where, bike. Where uh, where was the Savachi LCQ? He whole shot by. Oh my gosh, I think it was Glendale. Yeah, yeah Glendale ridiculous. from the far that. Yeah, yeah. And it was so embarrassing. But but, that, but that's just my thinking was is that he was choosing yeah. a. A safe, good start, and it well, was okay. I didn't like it. It definitely wasn't. No, I, and I didn't think if you were going for the whole shot, um, it wasn't the spot. You know what it is for sure. Uh, you, you, you know, know what it is, Weege. Brayton's getting cocky now. Daytona win. He's like, ah, I can start anywhere. I got this. I can start anywhere. Oh, totally. I can start. Actually, anywhere. if you really want the answer, you know, his team manager is the all-time. Uh, encyclopedia on starting gate position. No one, <laughs> no one sweats starting gate position and the overall start yeah. philosophy like yeah. Tony Lessie. That is a so good I point. I guarantee you there was some strategy to that. <laughs> that is a good point. Yeah. Tony would time the gates. He would look at the gates. Yeah, just everything. Yeah. Well, Count the six and, and think about the that. Uh, right. <laughs> think about that from Mike's career. Even Mike always started on the outside of the box. Yep. And that goes to another kind of layer of strategy is usually now I, I saw Brayton. He was by Tickle. He had some fast guys. I think Baggett, too, you said. But I've seen Mike out there before, and he's around guys that are on slower bikes or maybe they're not as good as starters, and he puts himself in a spot where he can get his elbows out. He has mm-hmm. no one around him, and then he can power in. And yep. 
Maybe it was one of those deals. He didn't want to be by Eli. He didn't want to be by Marvin. He didn't want to be by uh, Anderson. He wanted to be with a different crew that he felt he could control them. Um, And then, like I said, play it safe. Or maybe he just thought he could hear the box again because the the starting box was inside the tunnel. And maybe he thought, hey, I can hear (laughs) the box again and just drop the clutch. Yeah, we had the Daytona issue last week. Um, uh, Tickle started up front. He finished seventh. Why, Gant? He started like second or third. Is this a good race for Tickle, or are we still we're still not there? Uh, no, not there. And I feel like each weekend I hear two or three more voices of the he's not better than he was before. Like each race, I didn't go to this race this weekend, so it's the only thing that is preventing me from hearing two or three more people to add to the pile. Um, I was in Daytona for like eight days. So I had compiled a lot of different people, like during the bench racing combos of, he's not better. He's not better with KTM. He's not better with Alden. And then this wasn't, this didn't help the case. Um, one guy that doesn't think he's improved. Um, oh boy. <laughs> uh, I think his name is something like Schmicky Schmarmichael. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, and uh, he might have some insight. I think he ran a team that Tickle was on previous <laughs> to this year. I will never understand Schmicky Schmarmichael and 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 his. Sort of not anger, but his his thoughts on Alden Baker. I, I will never understand that. I, and, and same with Kenny. I will never understand these guys with with sort of bagging on Alden Baker. I mean, Alden's not you know he's not not probably you know the perfect human being, but uh, are, and none of us are. But I mean, the guy won them a lot of money. He won them a lot of money. He did a lot of work for them, and I don't get it. So. Well, with Ricky, it's two-prong. He, yeah, he's definitely not on the Alden train any longer. Right. But remember that Tickle left RCH, and I think it stings Ricky a little bit to keep hearing, oh, now Tickle's got an opportunity. Tickle's on the team. Yeah. Tickle's got Dungey's bike. And I think if you're RC, you're like, um, what, RCH was just garbage? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. So, oh, yeah, true, yeah. So I think that's making him – they all love Tickle like – I, I think he's almost bummed because I think anyone who's had Tickle on their team likes the guy. So I think he wants to see him succeed. Yeah. But at the same time, I think he keeps hearing, if you're Carmichael and you've heard since October, oh, now Tickle's on a good team, you're going to be like, yep, yeah, uh, so let's see how much better he gets. And well, then you'll kind of uh, enjoy it. Blair, if you're a factory guy like Tickle on a factory bike, factory program, I guess you can't start second or third and drop to seventh, right? I mean, you just can't. No, I, and especially, I mean, I don't want to use the 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 injuries in the field to, I guess, kind of <laughs> really, really bring this to light, I guess. But that's also missing Varsha and Roxon and Webb. Webb. Don't forget Webb right well. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, just it's missing a lot of guys. And with with Tickle, it's really hard to understand because I was, I think I would, I I took the bait on it. I thought for sure. With the program, the bike, uh, especially the bike for me. I, and, and I'm not a Suzuki hater. I think the Suzuki is good. It's one of my favorite bikes I've ever owned. But I felt like that package he was going to was going to be so perfect. And he was going to just be in that, in that, that perfect uh, just formula for him that we're going to see him now be a every week five guy. Yeah. And more of those threes. Remember, we saw him in Toronto. He got that podium. And he was just like, God, what? Where'd that come from? I thought we'd see that, say, four or five times, but yeah. then we'd see five, fives and sixes. And, and that's the problem is you've seen guys like Brayton and Pike and Baggett. Yeah. All these guys have, like, elevated, yet he's kind of been the same. And, and that's, like I said, I don't, I'm not there. I don't, I don't know what he's going through. I don't know. Maybe he's not meshing with the program, the bike, whatever. But it is what it is after 11 weeks. And it's, like you said, if, 
David Villeman, I think, is the one who put it on Twitter. He he honestly looked better on a Suzuki last year, and yeah. I don't I. I really don't yeah. know how to explain that. Uh, it's weird. Um, I got one theory I'm going to throw out there. Yeah. This is me just completely. This is just a theory. I have no. I have not heard any rumblings on this, but this is my theory. So the Baker program is based so much on riding against the other guys, right? Now it works if you're, you know, Marvin and Anderson obviously elevated themselves to Dunge level, and or you had RV and Roxon. They're not slouches. But I feel like if you're one of those guys that's not quite that level, and we've seen this happen. Like, you're going to go out there and you're just going to get beat down every day. Tickle's a great rider. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Tickle's terrible. I mean, he's whatever, top seven in the world, top ten in the world. But if you've got Anderson and Marvin who are capable of being the best in the world and you've got to ride with them and be on the stopwatch with them every day, I mean, isn't that the general theory of what kind of messed with Jake Weimer a little bit? He had to go out there every day and just get beat down by yeah. Ryan Villapoto. Yeah. So I wonder if that's it works – for the elite of the elite, it works awesome. Obviously, the yeah. proof is in the results. But sometimes, man, this probably sucks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, Webb crashed during the week, I guess. Pretty good. I don't know if you hear any more about that, Blair, at all. But I guess he crashed during the week pretty good. He came into St. Louis already wounded. And three laps into the first practice, he catches his rear tire, goes right over the bars. So, Webb. Yeah, I heard, yeah. I heard early in the week it happened, and it was – from what I kind of understand, I think it's similar to what Marvin had at Houston. So it's, I don't know if it's the exact same, but kind of like that where he probably was able to ride, which, I mean, obviously he was. He showed up. So remember Marvin followed up Houston yeah. with Anaheim, and he was just not himself. He was out there, but he really wasn't out there. Right. And I think that was what they were thinking with Webb is, okay, let's just get him out there, and then he'll get better over the next couple of weeks, whatever. But then, yeah, that crash happens. Pile drives himself. I don't, yeah, yeah and, and I don't think the crash necessarily. I mean, he he got lucky with the way his body landed. Yep. But I think it's one of those things when you're already like fragile, your mind is already kind of on the fence whether or not you're even going to go. And then that happens early. You're just like, you know what? No, I'm, I am not going <laughs> to. Like this, it was almost like a sign. Like, hey, do not ride tonight. Yeah. It's it's just a bum deal because this is two years in a row now. He gets a podium. Finally, gets himself up there. And then the very next week is out. It's like it happened twice, two years in a row. And that's for a guy who's been building and building. That's a momentum killer. And, and I, and I it, the timing on it is just horrible because he was getting ready to maybe make a nice little run here late in the season and kind of, I guess, yeah. establish himself again as a top guy. And then now you're you're injured, you're out, Dude, whatever. Just horrible timing. It's 2018 is death cross, Wygant. It's death cross. It's just one of the, we talked about it. Show after show a few times, uh, and I've, you know, why can't you, we, we'll go round and round, but I just firmly believe it's one of those years. It happens, and that's, we're in that cycle. That's it. So, uh, oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 2016, hardly anybody got hurt. Yep. There's nothing that's fundamentally, I mean, God, I just anytime someone gets hurt, I get 20 people on Twitter saying, the tracks, the tracks, the tracks, the tracks, the tracks, the tracks. <laughs> Was there anything, seriously, did they change the track designs well, two they, years ago? Right. Dramatically. Well, I'm just saying. It, uh, there's only so much you can do. There's some things that I would like to see done, but sometimes stuff's just going to happen. And then that leads me to my next thing to talk to Daniel about a little bit, just because he was there and Ouija weren't the track. Blair, they built that 3-3-3 to not be a 3-3-3, and the guys did it. That quad was not supposed to really be done. And, and, and how cool was it, Daniel, to watch in practice, like Eli busts out that 3-3-3, and, and – in uh, near the end of the first practice, the next one comes out. Few more guys do it. Mookie busts out a quad, 
uh, you know, in that practice late. And then everybody – like, I love that, Daniel. And you were a racer, so you can probably relate to the fact that you were probably nervous as, as all get out about things like that where your competition is stepping up. But, man, I love that. I love that, like, put your balls on the handlebar thing. Uh, and, again, it comes back to the injuries, and it's easy to say in the press box. But I love these guys challenge each other, almost like a one-up competition. Oh, yeah, 3-3-3, three, 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 I got that. Oh, yeah, quad, I got that. I love that part of this weekend. Well, that's exactly what it was. And I mean, we're watching the monitor on Race Day Live, and I don't remember. Who, it might have been Bowers at the top for a minute, and then all of a sudden Eli has this insane lap, and it was the 3-3-3. Three, three, three. He he. he did it, and, and I can tell you right now, when I walked the track, I walked it with Ryan Sipes. We did the uh, the Facebook Live for Supercross Live. So we walked the whole track, broke it down, and we both looked at that and said, with this lip and this corner and how far it is, I mean, I would lean nine, I was going to lean 85, 90%, no way. And, right. and from what I understand, I thought Kyle Cunningham might even have tried it on press day and came up way short on it. And So I, I didn't even think it was doable. Then Eli does that, and I'm like, wow, there it is. There's that half a second that he mm-hmm. just pulled out. Then all of a sudden, Malcolm shoots to the top of the board by another half a second. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that makes no sense. I just watched <laughs> Eli do like a borderline perfect lap. And then sure enough, there it is. It's the quad out. And, and again, walking the track. Absolutely no way. And I think I might even have said it on the Facebook Live. James would be the only one to do this. He would find a way to quad out and then figure out whatever it is before that you got to do to get there. And then, of course, it's Malcolm who's the first one to do it. And, yeah, one-upping back to back but I, I agree with you i don't think the intent was yeah for that and if it and if it was to happen it was meant to not be something probably done a lot maybe yeah you know maybe maybe in your fast lap and qualifying but then all of a sudden josh ozzy goes out there cases it yeah. almost crashes into the uh ricky carmichael nets then gets up comes back and then does it again <laughs> and i'm like all right well there it is now so, the whole track's wide open and everyone's going to start quad and tripling and that's what it turned into yeah well again so that quad right so mookie does it in the 450 uh seated practice and then we have a break for the third practices right the 250 yeah. unseated comes out josh osby's in it mookie's the only guy to have jumped it at this point right daniel Right? Only guy. Yeah, so Mookie, James Stewart's brother, who, who rides every day on a compound where the jumps reach the sky, and you can high-five Jesus up there, okay? Just so, quads. Yeah. Just quads everywhere. Yeah, quads everywhere. So Mookie does it. Unseated 250s come out, and Josh Osby, on his first lap, is like, yeah, I got this. I got the quad on a 250F, and dude, he clipped it, and he he almost goes into the Steve Mathis Memorial Nets, saves it, does a complete helicopter, say and stands, he's upright, and he does a complete helicopter, and 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 like he he was rattled Daniel for a few laps, <laughs> I oh. think. Well, he I think he blew his shock out or something because all of a sudden they're showing him his shock is all the way sacked out like it's got 150 millimeters of sag, and I'm like. Something's wrong with that. And he pulls in, and I'm like, well, I guess his session's over. Rough. Oh, well, he's got a decent time. No big deal. We start watching yeah. some other guy. All of a sudden, they're like, oh, Osby, he's going to get one more lap, and there's 30 seconds left on the board. And he does, and he it. does it again and, he does and it. makes it. Right. So, Jordan Smith. Why fix the shock? Yeah, they so- fix the shock, and he goes, and goes, <laughs> oh, I needed a little more because wide open wasn't enough last time. Yeah. And, and, and does it. And Jordan Smith tells us, we each, that he's like, I'm watching Osby. And he basically does it, 
And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, now we all got to do it. Like, but, like, congrats, Josh Osby, for just being irrationally confident that you have that quad <laughs> after the only one 450 guy did it. Uh, that that was funny and, and, and unbelievable all at the same time. I'm speechless. This is amazing. Yeah. The very first lap. Yeah. Yeah. Mookie's got it on his factory 450. I got this. Yeah, I got this. I'm number 174. On a KTM 250, but no problem. Watch this, and then yeah, Eli never did it. <laughs> Eli never did it. Right, uh, and he said, but and Daniel, like you said, he almost went to the net. He did a complete helicopter, like golf claps to yeah. Josh Osby on that. So yeah, a huge round of applause uh, for Josh Osby. And then the best part is, is then Jordan Smith and Fortner come out in their session and both crash on it, doing it too. They both crashed on it in the second in their second qualifier. Mm-hmm. So it's. Yeah, and then all, I mean, all of a sudden now it's just a thing again. But yeah, it's it just it, I don't think that was meant to be one of the options. And and then yeah. it just good good job, Malcolm, starting <laughs> that whole thing. And then I went back to the truck after that after he did it, and I'm like, dude, I'm like quad. He's like, I knew you'd like that. I knew you'd like that. And I'm like, dude, Stu, quads. And he's like, I did it for you. I did it for you. <laughs> so we're, we, I was very excited because a few weeks ago I was in there asking him about a jump, and he's like, I don't know. I don't know about that. I'm like, dude, Stu, <laughs> Stu would do it. I just told him that. I'm like, your brother would do it. <laughs> what, a, what a jackass I am. <laughs> your brother would do it. Yeah, look at, look at you caused. You started that. Yeah. Um, Made him step up to a level. To his brother's level, and right. look what you did to Osby. And then, hey, so Mookie, like, obviously had a great time. Things were looking good. And then he crashes with Henry Miller, hurts his shoulder, and, his, and he has to go to the LCQ, and his whole night kind of goes sideways from there. But we, we almost saw Heat race Mookie for the entire entire night. That was about. kind of the first real sign. There was one Heat race this year where he turned it up a little bit. But that yeah. was – I know he's uh, he spent the week – he only spent one week all year doing any testing at all, and yeah. then this was week two. He came back to North Carolina this week. Yeah. So when I saw that, I'm like, maybe maybe we're about to see a little breakthrough, and then damn it all, it's probably just all got messed up again. Yeah, probably. Hurt his shoulder. Uh, Benny Bloss got 11th for the third straight week, Daniel. Third straight week for 11th for, for Benny. Just can't see yeah, it. that dude's so tall, man. We had him on Race Day Live, <laughs> and you guys, you don't know this, but I, I stand on a box. And um, it doesn't make a dent. That dude is so tall. My yeah. neck was sore after our interview. Just from looking up. <laughs> and um, we asked him if he played any basketball. He says he sucks at basketball, but he's better than all his friends because he's taller. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, you're- but, yeah, 11th, yeah, you said, what, three in a row? Three right? in a row, yeah. Yeah, and he said on the show on Race Day Live he wants, like, he wants to be a consistent top ten guy. And he was in that battle a little bit with Bowers. Yep. Uh, Reed. In fact, there you go. There was the one battle that really developed. There was like four guys for like two laps, and and then eventually it all got ruined because Bowers, uh, yeah, flicked Reed, knocked him over. And um, but that there was your battle in that main event. They were they went at it for about two or three laps. Oh, Blossom Reed battle, really? Yeah, shocker, shocker, shocker. <laughs> I saw. <laughs> Uh, there I am, you know, trackside or whatever you want to call it, on the stage at Daytona. And then, you know, there's all this action going on. And then randomly, like, 14 minutes in the main, I see Blossom Reed battling it out. And I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. They just find each other every week. And I know it must, God, it must ruin Chad to be like, this is the dude I'm battling with. <laughs> what, what Number the? Six. <laughs> he's got a, he's, he's six foot four. He's got a chest bro on. 
and this is where I'm at. I'm battling like sixteen, right, like sixteen or something. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh man, you're, you got a good point there. Uh, and Bowers was good all day long, Blair. I know you're a big Tyler Bowers fan. I'm kidding. The, the, the beef has been squashed, kinda, Blair. Still never talked to him. He sat next to me on the plane this week, and we never looked at each other or said a word. Stop it. <laughs> wow. Stop it. Now, wait. When I say next to each other, there was an aisle in between. Oh, okay. okay. We were on one of the little planes. I was in seat B. He was in C. There was an aisle. No words spoken. But I consider that to mean the beef is squash because at least there's no, like, he didn't kill you. talking bad about he, each other. He, yeah, he, he, yeah. he didn't reach over and strangle you. Yeah, he, he didn't, like, look at me and go, hey, we need to have a chat. <laughs> uh, but no, it was good. And, hey, i I got to be honest. I have had. I think I've made it clear in the past I've, my feelings on some things from the past with him. But, dude, I'm impressed with that guy, just what he did this year. And I know he was on your show early, and he was like, I'm going to ride this thing out. I'm going to do as many as I can, and I'm going to see what happens. And his plan worked, number one. Yeah. He got on that factory team. Yeah. He earned it. Um, he somehow didn't die in Oakland, which is still a. Yeah. It should be on that show. What's that show? Uh, Marvels or what? Or something mystery. Uh, there was one. Uh, called, there was one called whatever. I Survived, which there's like a like Lifetime that. Network, but yeah, it should be on that. But just I, we've seen like little glimpses of him with his speed, and this weekend, for whatever reason, I don't know. I thought he was winning that heat race. I really do. And I, yeah. I think if he wouldn't have crashed, that would have been Brayton's last guy to get to. Mm-hmm. And he was comfortable in the lead. So without yeah. that little crash, and I know what happened, his forks just kind of slid and caught. And, um, you know, he had that, just a little tweak with the front end. But, man, he, to that point, yeah. that was probably the best I've seen him ever, since, at least on a 450. Well, Oakland. He, he o- was shredding. Since Oakland. Uh, for whatever reason, he was right. really good at Oakland. He had done some suspension testing. Um and then I actually tweeted out like I think Bowers has this. And hey, how about oh, yeah. the how about the inequity in the heat races? How it worked out with the timing. The one was stacked, one was not so stacked. But that's just the way it works yeah. out. Um one was one was a podium main event. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, an hour and a half early. Yeah. And then the other one was like all the guys who were kind of in that conversation of like oh. needing to step up, Wilson and and Brayton and it was just it was yeah. it was funny how that lined up but uh yeah, Bowers was shredding, man. Yeah, and so still never talked to him, though. I like that. Um, nope. Uh, yeah, so Bowers was good, but then in the main, you know, he kind of didn't. He kind of did what he did with a 14th again. So um, a little bit of uh, the same old, same old, but yet flashes of speed in practice and qualifying. So uh, maybe, maybe Tyler's going to start turning around. Um, Weech, Chiz is going to Chiz. Chiz is going to yep. Chiz. Yep. Chiz gonna chiz. I think some people were um, I had some people theorizing like, oh, maybe he'll get that uh, spot on Star Racing, but he can't because he races West. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Chiz, just, that means Chiz is just gonna chiz. Just yeah. gonna be on this 450 doing chiz stuff. Yeah. yeah. Just, just never. Did anyone see him out there at all? Nope. Never noticed nope. him. Nope. Never nope. noticed him. Um, just solid. Fifteen. Solid. Uh, Super yep. Ross Lemay and the Seven Deuce Deuce got in. Good. Right out of the heat too. Good job for him. So. That's his first main, I think, since round two, right? Has he made one since? I don't think so. I don't know, but he got a haircut. He did. He did get a haircut, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was asking everybody. He was asking me and everybody around him what he, what they thought of his haircut. So I don't like it. Yeah. You don't like it? I don't like it. Okay. No, I like I liked, I liked the character. He had it going on. He was like Samson. Yeah, he like Captain. Well, then maybe then, maybe... Maybe I'm wrong. He wrote. He got in the main. Maybe that's what he needed, but I don't know. Right. I liked it before. Captain Caveman, you like that look. Oh yeah. Um, 
What else? Anything else we each cut, cut, catch your eye for four fifties? Uh, no. I, the race was as procedural. Yeah. Uh, from television as you guys. Um, yeah. Experience in the stadium. There was, yeah. was nothing was lost to translation. No, no, exactly. It was really hard. I was just like, okay, I'm going to just keep on watching. Just maybe something's going to happen. Maybe something's going to happen. And I'll tell you what. <clears throat> I never. I was kind of wrong about this when they changed the format two years ago to the 20-minute mains. Remember, I used to say, "I'm like, you're not even going to notice people complain about the lap times." I'm like, "You're not going to notice four minutes, three minutes. You do. You actually do notice. The races do seem longer yep. than they used to, yep. even when they're exciting, and then when they're not. Oh my God, this race seemed like it went on forever. You know how you notice it, and 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 you guys can back me up or not, but these privateer guys. They're done, dude. They they have, what, 10 minutes in them, Blair? These guys are done. And whatever, they're in the main. Good job. They're getting more money and some points and stuff. But these dudes do not practice 20-minute motos. I guarantee you that because these guys can't handle it. No, and it, it's it's not only is it physical, but I think it's mental and psychological too because for me even, I, I – I, Let's just be clear. I've never been known as someone who was in that good of shape ever in my life, ever. <laughs> but I could do a 30-minute moto if there was four laps because I feel like mentally you're more entertained because you're not seeing the same thing twice. But even like an arena cross, back when they had 25-lap main events, they were only 10 minutes long, and they felt so long. And right. it's like a psychological thing yeah. when you do that many laps. And I think those guys, even though they're in shape, whatever, even the top guys – you get 22, 23 laps in, it's, it, this, this repetition starts to kind of eat at your mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. You lose focus. It's, it's a weird psychological thing. And, uh, yeah, it just like you said, even watching it, it feels longer. Like I'm looking at the timer, and I'm going, no way. There's six minutes left. They've gone so many laps. And, it, it, like I said, it's definitely something mental. Um, but once your mental focus goes, then your physical usually follows, and you can sure. see those guys all of a sudden just die off the second half of that thing. Absolutely. Uh, all right, everybody. Fly Racing Racer X Podcast presented by Alpine Stars and Maxis Tires. Uh, this is the St. Louis wrap-up. We're going to be right back after this commercial. Daniel Blair, Jason Wygant, two guys who are on TV, and then me to wrap up the uh, 250s from St. Louis. Race tech suspension and engines, people. Pulpamex 18 is the code to save. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Race tech specializing in high-performance suspension, parts, service, and setups, modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Race tech. Guys like the Hep Suzuki team and many more in the pits use Race tech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpamex 18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, racetech.com. Do it. Maxxis Tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. And we're back. FlyRacing.com, everybody. Please check them out. RacerX online. Uh, subscribe to that magazine. We thank uh, Alpine Stars and Maxxis as well for making this happen. Please check out their, their products as well. All right, 250. So... Forkner and Osborne come in tied. 
They got a rivalry going. Things are getting hot. Uh, Osborne catches up to Forkner grabs a start. Osborne, he gaps Osborne a tiny little bit. Whoa, Os- whoa, whoa. You got to mention the quad, bro. The what? Oh, yeah. What? Dude, Forkner. Oh, yeah. Balls. Balls to the wall. Oh, I know. Yeah. First lap. FDU, yeah. I'm doing this quad first lap. Well, but he was doing it all day. They're not all day, but they, they did it. It wasn't like they hadn't been doing it. But, yeah, but he did it first lap. Yeah, I mean, no, he side did. by side with Osborne and just hucked it. Yep. No one else did. No, I that's true. No, you're right. Um, so Osborne catches him. And, of course, Daniel, you know how this goes for the – and we you too. The winners always – they can history is written by the winners, right? So Osborne told me – and I'm not saying this isn't true, but he's able to say this. Osborne's like, yeah, I was just going to hang behind him. And see what he's got, and and you know I didn't need to make a move right away. I was going to hang behind him and put some heat on him, and then Osborne did, or Forkner did crash, and Osborne went on for a fairly easy win from there. Um, but uh, I mean, it, it did look though. I'll start with you, Weege. It looked like Osborne could catch him anytime he needed to. Yeah, if that's what Zacho said, I'll, I'll I'll back him on that one. I mean, he was down almost two seconds. It was one point nine. And then he pulled it back in. And I almost feel like you're like, okay, now it's coming. The, the pass attempt is going to be coming soon. So to think that he was not going to be able to get him for however many minutes were left, yeah. I mean, it seemed like he had a good shot at winning the race. And then Fortner crashed. I, I, it definitely wasn't like he had to hand it to him. So I'll give, yeah. yep. I'll give Zach credit. I do know you're right that all you got to do is put pressure on him thing. Gets way overused. Um where riders will be back there and they'll be like, yep, yep, I just got to put pressure on them, see what happens. And a lot of times it had nothing to do with them being back there. But uh, this yeah. one, I think, was yeah. fairly legit. I was looking forward, Blair, to World War Three going on between these two because I don't – I can't see Daniel any – obviously we're going east-west this week in Indy, but I can't see anybody winning an east round outside of these two right now. They, they are pushing each other, they are hating each other, and it's just going to make us – entertain all of us even more. Yeah, and the the main reason is with, you know, Nichols and Ferrandis and some of the guys that are out now, it's down to just a couple top guys, and now with Davalos even, who, I mean, well, I'm, oh, I'm guessing we'll get there. I'm guessing oh, we'll get Marty. there. Oh, uh, Marty. But there are legitly now probably four top guys um, in this class now. Yeah, yeah. With Jordan Smith, Jeremy Martin, the way he's riding, obviously. So you just do the math. Those two, Forkner and Osborne, are going to end up together a lot more now than they maybe were going to before. Mm-hmm. You know, Osborne, yeah. especially with the way he normally starts, he kind of starts seventh, eighth, whatever. I thought that this situation makes it better for Zach. Now he's going to be able to go more one-on-one with, with Austin, which is exactly what happened. So I was excited, too. As soon as they came around one-two, yeah. they're side-by-side. And to be honest with you, I thought Osborne had the inside, so I'm thinking, well, Zach's going to take the lead here. And then that might be all she wrote, you know. And then when Forkner jumped the quad, I went, okay, even better. This is exactly what I want to see because I want to see Forkner out front. I feel like he'd be the more unpredictable of the two. Obviously, then that ended up yeah. being the case. But, yeah, I, I was excited to see these two go one-on-one because of just this thing that's kind of brewing, this uh, oh, all yeah. this noise that's kind of building. And we didn't get to see it in Daytona. Obviously, they both had their own weird scenarios. And yes, I was like, "Let's here we go, let's go." And, and like Weed says, Zach had I thought more, and it, to me it was just a matter of time, kind of. And I, and I thought that he was sizing him up. Now, obviously, like you said, when Zach wins, when you win, you can say whatever you want. That yeah, that was my strategy, and you got to yeah, buy it. Right, right, yeah, 
That's the but I really do think that it was right. I felt like he got to him, and it was only a matter of time. And we'd, what do you think about this? Austin, who's not very good in the whoops, was the one hammering the whoops, and Zach was the one jumping him, and I felt like something was going to get set up there. Austin would make a bobble. Zach started kind of quadding in. He was going to eventually kind of set himself up and stuff him right there, and I'm thinking, okay, give it a lap or two, and that's where it might develop. And then, of course, Austin, he does his thing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I feel like uh, there's no doubt Austin gapped him the first couple laps, and you could almost see Osborne in those whoops just figuring it out. Like, I'm going to – I got to just work on this. Give me a few laps to figure something out here. And then, yeah, once he started quadding in, I think he kind of neutralized or maybe even closed up a little bit in that section, and then he was maybe better in a few others. But, um, you know, it is honestly just the – and I'm sure the Cowboy guys probably feel this way because they have no love loss for Osborne. So much of this is like you are looking at, what, he's nine years older or something like that than uh, Forkner. So, yeah, Forkner's going to bust out the quad in the first lap. But after four laps, Zach's going to be like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm not going to panic, and I'll just start figuring things out and figuring out where I can gain time. And that's, to me, what it came down to. One was the kid, and one was the veteran, and you kind of see how that turns out. Now, some people can go off on the fact that Osborne's still in the class at that age, but it is what it is. It worked. Yeah, you could you could see that because Forkner busting out that quad and Forkner doing it in the first lap and Forkner pushing hard and, and Osborne just kind of – it was a real sense of uh, mature – and uh, and a kid, you know, a mature, older veteran guy, and then a kid who just is a bit of a spaz out there, but super talented, fast dude, you know. So yeah, um, and then for but I agree with you guys, yeah. man. I was really looking forward to it. I'm like, you really get these. There's some drama. There's some heat. They're tied for the points lead, and they start one two. I'm like, what is going to happen? And we never quite. No, the crash took it away from us. Yep, no, for sure. Uh, J Mart though, second place. So J Mart won the final. And Daniel, listen, no one at Feld likes me or wants to listen to me. So can you please start talking to these guys? The triple crown thing, we can't call them mains. Daniel, we got to call them heats. Okay, I'll um I'll put that on my list of things to talk to them about. Okay. Steve wants you to change the name well, I already, of the Triple Crown. I already got the nest. No, don't change the, the name of the Triple Crown, but I'm saying No, no, no. Yeah. The, the mains. Yeah, right, we we right, can't right, call right. the mains. We can't. We can't call them mains. What do you Well, since you're so innovative, what do you want to call them? We call them heats. Three heats. But they're not heats though. We have heats, don't we? No, not. We already a, have heats in the regular. We're on a Triple Crown. We don't have a heat. Look, they can't be mains. They can't be mains. They cannot be a main. A main you means a main. You, I know, but you can't. If you have to have, um, you have to have the answer to the problem yeah, before heat. you can go with the problem. Yeah, heat's the answer. Weege, what do you think, Weege? Weege. Uh, first of all, hey Daniel, are you on TV in Minneapolis the next time we're doing one, or is Schmicky Schmar Michael the yes. guy? I'm doing the ne- Indy, Seattle, Minneapolis the next three. Okay. Uh, I've heard through the grapevine, at least on the TV side, maybe not the Feld side, but I think the network is like, yeah, we can't have three races that are called the main event. Uh, for, I mean, obviously, I think the, the term main event has been trademarked by some band. I don't know. Gar- garbage band, and, first gar- of all. Yeah, gar- and a band. Gar- and, garbage band. And, and, uh, yeah. and a podcast. And a podcast. Yeah. Gar- garbage podcast, yeah. too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, I think the TV network is like, you can't have three things called the main event it's fundamentally you there's only one v so i don't know about phil i don't know what they'll call into the building but i have heard that fox oh. sports is trying to figure out so some I, other thing to call it i'm on to something here i'm on to something because ralph 
Ralph is dropping stats about mains, and then he's saying, well, of course this doesn't count. Well, then Ralph, don't drop it. Nobody cares. You know what I mean? Justin Brayton has never won a main event. He's talking about in, uh, in Atlanta when Ju- Brayton's winning, and then he goes, but of course this doesn't count. Yeah, so, yeah, look, that's the, that's so, the box that they've all been painted in. I mean, Ralph, well, this, I know. this is what it's called. Well, yes, we've got to so figure it out. Change. we got to figure it out. We know. Well, I, they're not heat stupid. You can't call it heat. Why? Because I have heat at the regular philosophy. one. Hey, go, Daniel, just blast them for me. You can't call it heat. We've established what a heat no. is. It's not a heat. They're called decibels. <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna submit them. They're called three decibels, decibels. to win. Yes, that's what it is, guys. I like it. I like I it. Got it. We I figured like it. it out together. Congratulations. Hey, no, you're right. Congratulations, Justin <laughs> Braden, on on decibel number one. Yes, J Mark's got himself a decibel. Yep. Um, <laughs> but no, you know, it's it's great is that you have Weege on the line. And he said this now. I heard you say that both triple crowns on this show. This thing is a work in progress. The triple crown. There is things to be improved with it at all times. This isn't yeah. like, hey, this is what we're running. Deal with it, guys. No, I agree. And I think that yeah. as we go along, and, and as far as your question, I don't, I don't know. I haven't heard any of that stuff. Maybe I'll hear it when we get closer. But uh. without question, this is a um, evolving thing. And yeah, that that's probably one that they have to fix because it is confusing as far as okay. the verbiage. So, so I, right. I yeah, decibel. So, si- so, si- so sidetrack. So J Marth got himself one decibel win in Atlanta. Then he pulls off the second in Daytona, and now he pulls off a second in St. Louis. It's perhaps J Marth's greatest Supercross run, Weege, for three years. I think at Star he won. Didn't he win DNF and win or D and Q and win? I think uh, I think that's what happened at one point during the star years, but uh. yeah, in '16 uh, when Mookie won the title, he was really good. Um, he was, I think, even better than he is right now because he did win a couple main events. But yeah, it was a little less consistent. Maybe the three most consistent races in a row for him. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there were still nights in 2015, 2016 where he was the fastest guy in the class, and he hasn't quite gotten there yet. No, no, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he. Yeah, he's not getting there. But um, anyways, good job for J Mart. So. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kyle Peters is going to Kyle Peters fourth place. No, this was a different Kyle. This was not Kyle Peters being Kyle Peters. Who was this Kyle Peters? I know he was good. He almost won the heat. Damn! Yes. Why did Osborne have to like Peters has never won a heat? Stupid Osborne has <laughs> got to pass him. Like, bro, JGR has had it rough. Like, let him win the heat. You don't need a heat race win. I know Club of Ma- old old Club of Max buddies had club life. Right, help the guy out. Right. They yeah. copy Moto down together thousands of laps. Just hook the guy up. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, so Peters rode well. Fourth place. Good job. Jordan Smith, too. We haven't t- talked about him. He was doomed, Daniel, from that starting position, really, once he once he was way out there from getting ninth, I think, in the heat after a fall. He was done, and he said that, and he rode well to get up to third. But um, he probably should have got fourth. You know, Forkner hadn't made mistakes. But Jordan salvaged the, a third on the night, so. Yeah, and that, that heat race is what cost him. Uh, someone fell in front of him, and he kind of got stuck. I, I I don't know if he got stuck. I, I can't remember. I, I don't know if he fell or was stuck behind the guy, no, but some, whatever it was, some TV it guy way back. Some TV guy. Where you I, are. I told you I don't. I told you I don't stare at the monitor all the time. Why can't Why can't knows everything what goes on at NBC oh, Sports right. for the? Yeah. No, he he lost the front end. He tried. Running real low in the berm, lost the front end. I mean, it's first lap, so I don't know. It could have been caused by somebody else. But he definitely 
a dude got stuck behind him, I think Moseman, but he lost the front end, but it might not Maybe have been his fault, his first lap. I'm trying to give you yeah. some credit. Don't, for, so. don't forget, Steve, this is like my fifth one, okay? I'm learning. I'm I'm fixing bad habits. Okay, but that's the pulse. To your, to your, to your point, uh, yeah, Jordan was just, that was it. From yep. then on, the whole night was, it was like, okay, you're going to catch up all night long because that start wasn't forgiving for a guy with a bad gate pick. It no. was, if you had maybe a top seven or eight pick, you were probably pretty safe. So it, from that moment on, he was in full-blown charge of the pack, mm-hmm. full tear-offs. Uh, that was his night for the rest of the night. And, I, I mean, I thought he rode well. It just yeah. it, it was what it was. It, it went away early. Uh, Hartraft and Resland are two guys that I'm impressed with this season. I mean, obviously we had some injuries. Hartraft is, is legit, though. Like he's a, he's a great rider. He's big. He soaks things up. Uh, and Reslin is quietly having a pretty good year for both of those guys. And, again, a lot of injuries, but I don't know why. Again, both those guys are – I'm impressed with both of them. Yeah, remember, Hartraft is a rookie, so this is, this is pretty good. Right, this has got to be above all the expectations, I think, that will be on him. This is pretty impressive. Do you want to crap on, his, on that theory I heard about his amateur career or no? Yeah, that's bogus. I don't know what the hell you're talking okay, about. Okay, all right. Well, I got my sources, so that's fine. They, uh, they're get, they're mixing them up. You're you're mentioning the wrong guy. It was not him. <laughs> Justin Cooper did not take the star racing right away from Hartraff. Hartraff was never in line for it. All right, bro. All right, bro. Uh, no, he took okay. it from Challen Tennant. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, I've got my finger on the pulse of amateur motocross, so... <laughs> um, uh, Moseman had a good race. Good job for him. Cantrell, a good race. Thomas Ramette came over... Wiley, French veteran for star. Tenth place. Good job for Romet. Um, I've seen this guy race in Europe a ton, so he's, he's a good rider. He's, he's like Subaross, you know, just solid, good rider. Um, on the entry list, though, and by the way, Daniel, when you talk to Feld about the thing, also talk to him about the entry list. Uh, Romet okay. is listed from Githeron, France, dash Metropolitan. It's very strange. Hmm. France, dash Metropolitan. I don't know. I got ice cream. Figure and that that's, a, uh, that's a Feld thing or an AMA uh, thing? No, nah, it's an AMA thing, but just go talk to him anyways. Okay, um, okay I'll, I'll just I'll add it to the list. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, Jacob Williamson got third in the heat, and he was getting blue flags, Wygant. I don't know if they showed that on TV. They, they, oh, no. They were, hey, no. 373, get it, there's a race and you're not in it, bro. <laughs> Throwing blue flags to Williamson. It's not, oh, God. it's not possible that this kid could be in third. I loved it. Good job Williamson for him. Williamson has worked with uh, uh, the Cole Sealy super agent, Brian Segrist, for years. I don't know if he still does. Mm-hmm. So what was Segrist doing when he finally uh, saw a guy know. up front and then it's... they're waving blue flags and I must be freaking out? <laughs> Good point. Good point. Oh, God. Um, and then finally, the 250 class, there's Marty. And look, mm. I I don't want to talk about Marty you know, again and again, but seriously – Okay, he 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 had the doubt. You're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so are we done then, or are you gonna go there? <laughs> listen, all this this is Marty. This has gone terrible for Marty. He is. It wasn't his fault in Dallas, and he's got a neck injury. He's got a knee injury. Then he now he sails off a of berm. I missed this, Blair. Did you see it? I didn't see it. I saw the last. I I, I hate that I'm. I sh- okay. I gotta read. Do my tone because that sounded like laughter and that's not nice. So I'm going to redo this. Yes, I did see it. The last quarter second, I heard the crowd mm-hmm. turned right and saw body hit. And oh. I, like you, I, I don't. 
The guy was already hurt, from what I understand. Oh, he's, he's banged up, right? He's, I, yeah. yeah, he's a walking wounded right now, and then now he and I falls to the concrete, think, like. And I think he laid there for a while, as in, like, I'm just gonna lay here. Like, I, <laughs> I don't even know what's hurt because he ended up getting up, but I think yeah. he just landed and went. You know what? I'm gonna lay here for a while because <laughs> I just I've had enough, and it's I, been such a bad run, and I. I it all goes back. I can't believe it all goes back to Dallas in that first turn. I just can't believe it because uh, that guy came out. Hey, I swear, I, I, I'm like everyone out there. He's the easy one to joke about, whatever. But legitimately on a bike, the guy is sick. And at Dallas, I thought for sure this was it. He was going to be the guy to really give Osborne fits. And then, boom, and look what's right. happened in five quick weeks. It's uh, like unbelievably but, unfair for the guy. I don't even know what to Hold say. on, though. Hold on, though. Is it? Is it? <laughs> nobody has it. Nobody has any comments. I, I, I'm, I'm waiting. Is it what? Look, is there any other reason for what's gone on to Marty than the motocross gods have spoken? They have spoken. He had a terrific 450 outdoor motocross season. He was so good. The moto gods are like. Yes, Marty. It is time. It is time, Marty. You are you are better on the 450. Steve Mathis was right. Things are going to work out for you on a 450, Marty. And he he violates the motocross gods by going back down to 250s. Yes, it was the only ride he could get apparently, and there was nothing else out there. He curses the motocross gods and goes back down to 250s. And the motocross gods are like, no, no, no. This is not going to work again, Marty. You cannot tempt us again because there's no other reason for a 13-year veteran to keep doing these things. Flying off a berm onto the concrete again, Marty? Again? I'm just saying. There's bigger forces at work here, boys, and I'm on to it. Weed, you want to take that? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) No. No, I don't. I don't. I don't want to take that. I do have. I I do have a theory. We each dumber than is, we each dumber than Party and Temecula, or on the same level. Uh, no, actually, Party and Temecula is worse. <laughs> okay. Yes, Party and Temecula is worse. Your 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 theory that people don't like Freezy entirely because of his personality and it has nothing to do with his past rep on the track in a vacuum. No, in a, yes, in, in a, a vacuum. vacuum. No, this is okay. this is not nearly as bad. I, I just okay. Go ahead, Daniel. Guys, I I have a theory, and I I really want to know which <laughs> one of our theories is the most ridiculous because yours is pretty bad. Steve, you are literally going supernatural with this. <laughs> I think Marty is. Yes, I am. Yeah, I think he's a businessman. I think, you think that Marty's doing this on purpose. He's a businessman. Listen, <laughs> I, there's I got I have layers to this. Okay. okay. Yeah. I think that he won the heat race at, at Dallas and said, okay, that's 2019. I'm locked in. I got next year covered. So I think him and Osby had a little right. chat mm-hmm. before the main. Sure. And he told Osby, he said, dude, just don't let off. I'll take care of what happens on my end. And I'm locked in for 2019, and I don't want to risk pointing out, and I'm riding way too good this year. And I think that was it. I think it was a business decision that was made at Dallas. And he's just tough as nails, and he can kind of put up with what happens from here on till the end of the year. And so flying off the berm in St. Louis was also a business decision? It's 
It's just, yeah, he's got to sell okay. it off real hard. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's doing a great job. Um, so it's, it's either that or, or, or God. It's, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just saying, like, there's just no way a dude as good as Marty with as much races under his belt keeps having these things happen other than the motocross gods. He showed them he was good on a 450. We praised them last year over and over. He was great. And he has crossed them. And they are not happy. Uh, on a serious note, though, he's not probably going to be racing Indy. I talked to Peyton after the race, and he's so beat up. They're just like, yeah, Marty, just kind of take a couple weeks off. So, Yeah, look, he has well, 53 points right now. Now, Steve, I know you say this is completely irrelevant because they'll, they'll just change the rules anyway. But the rules are there currently structured. He's not going to point out. Well, It we, would be tough for him to get yeah. there. I think he needs to get to, what, like 120? I don't know. Uh, Daniel, can you also ask Feld about these rules and changing them again? Yeah, I'll ask the AMA okay. uh, tomorrow. Okay, thank you. That's another AMA thing. And, yes, and if you look at the schedule, Indy is the showdown, so Pro Circuit will have three guys. Then we have a week off. Then we have Seattle. So that gives him some time to kind of heal up. So back yeah. to my theory of being a businessman, mm-hmm. watch him win Minneapolis. I'm gonna, in fact, I'm going to predict right now he wins <laughs> wow. Minneapolis Triple Crown. Just watch. He might. That is not a crazy. That is not a crazy statement. Not at all. Um, he's. I just. I just. I'm on. I'm. I'm lost. I'm lost. But thank you, Marty, for providing us hours of something to talk about in these podcasts each and every week. Um. All right. Anything else? What about this Tomac? Uh, yeah, no, uh, I'm, get, I'm getting to that. Yeah, I'm getting to that. Yeah, you, you, you spurred this, by the way. You're, you're partially responsible. I'm taking the heat. I am not responsible for this. So You are. Okay, so to recap, last week, we covered this in our pod last week. Uh, someone said came up to me and was like, dude, Tomac seemed pissed at the press conference at Wygant. Oh, okay, so you have nothing to do with that? You relay that to me, but I'm not supposed to do anything with wait, that info? Wait, I'm not supposed to use easy. that info as actual info? Easy, bro. Back it down, okay? The motocross gods. And... <laughs> so I said, <laughs> I wasn't there, so I said, why get? Hey, what did you say at the press conference? Somebody told me, and I really don't remember who it was. Seriously, Weege, I tell you, I don't know. Come on. I do not remember. I don't, I don't care. I would tell them who it is. Um, no, I think you don't want to admit now that it was a crap source. <laughs> no, no, no. It was, da- it was Schmanuel Schreier. All right. Oh, okay. No, it was not. I was not there. <laughs> Dan I was Daytona. not there. It was. He just came. He just wanted to watch. It was. Dan pro- just came was, to Daytona. It was this producer Joe yeah. guy. No. Okay. Yeah, so my producer. Um, no. So uh, someone said, "Hey, so Eli seemed pissed at Wygant uh, for asking a question about the heat race with Cooper, and we agreed on this pod that you know Eli should not be mad. That absolutely, that's a legit question to ask." Um, because it was a big incident in the race, and and you know whatever Eli should be should should be, should shouldn't be mad about that. And then Weege, you said you backed this guy's theory up and said it did seem like he was angry, and it was angry enough Weege that you said you went up to Tomac or tried to go up to him at the press conference, and yes. and, and and he sort of gave you a look from behind and kept walking. Uh, yeah, that all happened. I mean, he literally okay. said, thanks for bringing that up. You had to bring that up, didn't you? Now, he was laughing, and some of the Cali guys are like, well, if he's laughing, he wasn't mad. But you can actually laugh and be mad at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. Can. you can be like, "For I'm not saying that this is the words he said, but you can be like, oh, my God, you're such an idiot. Are you serious? Yeah. You can laugh and be mad at the same time. I believe, I believe that I was laughing at Tony Alessi when he, when he asked me to sign that letter 
for the interview, and I was yeah. also mad about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. It, it, de- it, defi- it definitely spurred me to be like, hey, I better let him know that yeah. I wasn't trying to separate right. him here. Right. So, and then I can't help it if I say, hey, man, hey, hey, sorry, I didn't mean that. I didn't know that there was all this beef between you and Webb. I was just asking, hey, I was just asking, hey, and he walked away. Okay. Cowie so, guy said you you didn't come anywhere near him at the end of the press conference. You did you weren't by him. You didn't speak to him. Oh, that, okay. So, so the Dan only Fahey. witness was uh, was was uh, Steve Essex. So was Steve Essex in this conversation? Nope. Okay. So they weren't even there, but they were the witnesses. Well, Dan Fahey was there. Dan Dan Fahey, the manager, said that he did not see you. Did not notice this. Eli said, "I don't see him. I didn't. I did not notice this Jason Wygant fellow." Eli was you, not. Eli Steve said, Essex. Steve Essex gave, gave me a look. He raised his eyebrows. There were raised eyebrows. <laughs> okay, well, so the plot thickens here. The yes. plot thickens. Steve Essex gave me raised eyebrows. Okay, so yes. Dan and Eli just didn't notice it. I mean, I, I believe they're being honest. I believe they're being honest. Yeah, now, now yeah. I realize he just didn't hear me. And I did hear, I think they did, did they do drug testing at Daytona? They did, the yeah, case. they did. Yeah. Right, so maybe they were all being ushered out, or just knew they had to run and get out of there. Yeah, uh, and okay. they were focused so, on leaving. The plot thickens because Cowie's claiming fake worse. news by Wygant. Stop! They're... Stop! You're forgetting this factor. So I'm like, hey, hey, maybe I'm just making this up. Maybe there's nothing to it. Maybe he just didn't hear me. Maybe yeah. he wasn't mad. Uh-huh. And then I get a text from you saying Weege causing problems in the press conference. And I'm like, what? And you're like, yeah, I heard in the pits. You weren't even in the press conference. So somehow. The word went from the press conference room into the pits. Yep. So I'm like, wow, this must be legit. This must be legit. Steve talked to someone who heard about this in a separate location. Yes, someone said so that your e- fault. <laughs> Eli seemed mad. Someone told me that. Uh, okay. Who is so, it, Steve? I who really, I really don't remember. Like, reveal. I, like, could, random source. Could it have been Knowles? Feel. Could it have been Knowles? I feel like it was Knowles. I feel like it was like a. Knowles is not going to a press conference. Yeah, I, but I feel like it was a worker, like a <laughs> like an industry guy, like a, a guy who does service or goggles or so, you know something like that. Tires, I don't know. I feel like it was that. Look, we, my he dodges were up. He's do- he knows who it is. No, I do not. No, 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 I do not. I I would. Do you think? Uh, come on, Blair. You think I care about throwing anybody under the bus ever? Uh, no, it's half but I think you know. You it's, you won't tell us. You don't want to reveal that you stirred this up using a craft source. Okay. Yes, I I did enjoy this that you causing problems at the press conference. I did enjoy that. I absolutely <laughs> yes, because normally it's me. That's the, that's the problem guy. So I enjoyed that part of it. But 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 it, there was something there clearly. But Eli was fine this weekend. Said it was no problem. He had no issues. Happy to answer it, and cool. happy for Brayton one. And Dan Fahey said, I did not see why get anywhere. And Eli said, I did not notice him trying to talk to me afterwards. I totally did. Now, and, and, my spidey senses were up, and I was like, maybe right. it's in my head. And then and many other people, when I went back to like the 3 a.m. when the photographers were all editing, they all sensed it too. They were like, I don't know why Eli would have been mad about that. If somebody was going to ask that question. So they all sensed it too. But just I still wasn't 100% sure Okay. until I got the text from you saying, I heard your starting problems in the press conference. Yes. So at that point, I was like, okay, this is an open and shut case. I've got all the evidence I need. Wow. Who is this crap source? <laughs> I don't, who was on the grassy knoll? It was, you know what? It was the motocross gods. The motocross gods texted me. It was the motocross gods. Um, so, uh, okay, all right. Well, we'll just have to carry this on and see what happens in, in Indy or Seattle or whatever. 
So, um, I've got to get to Steve Essex. I got to get to him before they do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the move. Star right. witness. Yeah. So, um, okay, all right. Uh, we got to the bottom of that. Well, again, it's fake news. They, <laughs> believe me, they all. You know, Kawasaki guys really like that this weekend. They 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 do enjoy that. Um, all right, and then finally, I guess Daniel Blair, you did it this weekend. You you promised you were going to do it in the Pulp Show. You asked for an applause for Eli Tomac. I did it. I. Uh, you asked for said, an applause. Um, put your hands together for Eli Tomac. Yep. I even made it dramatic. Yeah. And guess what? They all clapped. Just like they do every time when I don't ask for it. Proving the point to you that it doesn't matter what I say, they do the exact same thing every single time. Drop yep. the mic. I mean, you could stop it. You can stop it, and you know how to stop it. There's no way but I can you refuse stop it. to do it. You refuse to do how to. You know how to stop the applause. I told you how to do it, and you refuse to do it. Do you know so how you, you awkward are enabling- it would be? Do you know how awkward it would be if I said, "Hey guys, before we get started, please don't clap because Steve Mathis doesn't like it." Do you it's- know how awkward that would be for everyone in the room. <laughs> Your, the media is not there to clap for these gentlemen who are, are, the are amazing The media doesn't clap. It's their family and their teams, and even them. I've seen Anderson clap for himself before. I've seen walk on the podium. I've seen media members clap. I absolutely have, and I'm, I'm well, disgusted. you need to talk to them. Those are your people. You tell them, hey, we don't do this, and boycott the clapping. And guess what? The rest of them will still clap. It'll sound the exact same. I blame you. You're hosting these things. <laughs> You've been blaming me since day one. I have no been. control. Well, we ha- we had you on film asking for applause, and now we have you again this weekend asking for applause. Yeah, but this time it was on purpose. The other time I got caught up in the. Monster. Are you I- are you upset that I introduced myself as Steve Mathis from Main Event Moto? No, the first time I laughed uh, pretty bad. I was caught off guard. This time I almost had a feeling it was coming and I was like, nah, he won't do it again. Yeah. Come up with something different, but no, did it again. And you know, proving, uh, listen, the point that, uh, that (laughs) why can't (laughs) proving the point? What? That I'm just an idiot. I don't know. I don't know. I was, I, I, I have another point, but go ahead. (laughs) Motocross gods. No, uh, just something about why at the last press conference that he was at. What? He was like falling asleep during it. What? At uh, yeah, was it well, uh, Atlanta? Let's not forget, Wygant also was not claiming a media outlet and got a talking to in these press conferences. I did. Wygant, I did you get got the, on that. You got the text. You got the text. You know what I'm talking about. In Atlanta, you were falling asleep during the press conference. I, what the hell are you we, talking I about? I saw you. <laughs> Steve, you know what I'm talking about. I, I didn't see. I wasn't there, but I, I believe you, Blair. Absolutely, he's he's a big problem in these press conferences. It's clear. Oh, I was I was far from falling asleep in Atlanta. I was pissed off. Why? Is that what it was? Is that was? Is that why the eyes were closed? Oh, I was super angry in Atlanta press conference. I don't get angry very often. Um, why? As we know, Chad Reed supposedly broke Michael Rocco's start record in Tampa. Then. Uh, MXA midweek says that's actually not true. We have discovered Mike Baraka raced Daytona in 1990. He finished out of the top 20 in a 30-man main event. That still counts, but no one is counting it. It counts. Chad Reed has still not broken the record. He has to break it in Atlanta. Now, that stat apparently came from Ben Bridges, Supercross Superstats. I think you know him now, Daniel. 
I think you even referenced him I in the press conference this week. I don't, but Jim, Jim uh, I know Jim does. Yes, he was referenced in the press conference this week. So we start getting heat at Racer X for, hey, Racer X, MXA got it right, you got it wrong. And I'm like, what did we get wrong? We didn't give Reed a freaking 30-second board, a plaque. We didn't march him out to the media in Tampa. Like, the records are on the series, not the media. Like, ESPN didn't say that Barry Bonds hit that many home runs. Major League Baseball did. Why is it on us? So I'm like, wait, here's what I'm confused at. Ben Bridges, I think he did the stats back in 2006. So isn't he just correcting himself? Why are we getting heat? So I see the guy in the Atlanta press conference, and I'm like, dude, I'm getting all this heat, and people are saying Racer X got it wrong. Chad Reed didn't break the record until tonight. How could you guys be so dumb? We didn't keep Michael Rocco's start record in 2006. So some dude behind him, who I've never seen before in my life, starts battling me. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, the vault, the vault is wrong. The vault doesn't have the Daytona race. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't have the Daytona race. But the vault wasn't around in 2006. And there are multiple press releases and all kinds of stuff from 06 saying Michael Rocco has X amount of starts, which was incorrect. So why is it our fault? And this dude says, hey, man, you got it wrong. Just admit you get it wrong. People get stuff wrong all the time. I'm like, we didn't get it wrong. We're not the sanctioning body. We're not the promoter. They didn't give Chad Reed a plaque because of what the Racer X vault said. You're basing LaRocco's starts on something that happened 14 years ago. There was no vault. So I was very upset. I don't know who this dude was. He was wearing a Cubs hat. Hey, man, you got it wrong. Just admit it, Logan. Just That's admit what he said. And I'm like, we didn't say how many starts LaRocco had in 06. Somebody else did. Stop blaming us. Wow, I did not know any of this. Yes. So, really I was like, so, this is like, so seriously, thrilling. Reed never broke the record at Tampa. Like, this is for he sure. He broke it in Atlanta. Right. Yes. <laughs> Our sport's yes. so great. Our sport's yes. so awesome. Yes, because, okay, I admit the vault, apparently incorrect. If you, there must be a glitch that yeah. if you finish out of the top 20 in a main event in those days, which yeah. was impossible at any race except Daytona where they took 30. Yep, yep. It didn't count. Which. The problem is no one in – you can look. LaRocco got hurt in practice in Indy in 06, but there is a historical notes package from Feld or whatever it was back then, Clear Channel, saying the morning of that race, before he got hurt, he will race his 229th event tonight. He never did it. So it made it 228. <laughs> that was, they were not using the vault for that because the racetrack no. vault didn't exist yeah, at yeah. the time. No, yeah. No, I'm 100% on your side, Wygant. I'm 100 right. So I, kept, I kept saying to Ben Bridges, I'm like, who gave them the stats in 06? Did you give them the stats in 06? Weren't you the stats guy in 06? Weren't you the stats guy in 06? Were you the stats guy in 06? Were you? Were you the stats guy? And he wouldn't answer the question. He just said he keeps his own stats. And he said, you should know better than to use media guides as your stats. And I'm like, who's we? Tell the promoter. Tell the people who gave Chad Reed a plaque last week. Stop telling me. This is great. This is great, Daniel. We started. Well, I, a- uh, I just I apologize. I I thought you were sleeping. I didn't. I mistook it for <laughs> I think anger. I, was I didn't know there was more to it. <laughs> Daniel's black. Daniel is hands out, backing away slowly right now. <laughs> and I got to. Hey guys, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You got it wrong, man. You got it wrong. Just admit you got it wrong. Just- <laughs> Who is this guy with the Cubs hat? Who, it was a Bartman. It was, it was Steve Bartman. Was it? Was. Did he have a radio transistor on his head? It was Bartman. <laughs> <laughs> it 
Yeah, I I 100% agree with you, Wygat. I really do. Yeah, it's not on us. We didn't have a vault. It wasn't around. We we have a computer glitch and whatever. It wasn't on us, for sure. Absolutely no, not. There's a story in the Indianapolis newspaper from 06 saying how many starts LaRocco has. That comes from the promoter. That comes from the promoter. Yeah, exactly. that's still incorrect. Thank you, Denny Hartwig. Well, I called Danny on Sunday, actually. Oh, you did? Oh, Jesus. It went deeper. Hey, we just serious about this, man. Getting to the bottom of it. It's a JFK thing all over. Like, this is the grassy knoll for Wygant. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I want to know who did the stats in 06. Oh, no one will tell me. It's, just, it's, uh, it's the same people that are Steve Sources from Daytona. <laughs> same person. Same guy. Same guy. There's, there's somebody running around right now. <laughs> really screwing everything up for the media. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Steve Essex is in the witness protection program now. He's gone. <laughs> Cowie PR guy. Listen, never gonna let him speak to me again. Blair, I got like thirty minutes on the the whole press conferences, but we'll just skip it. Like I don't, I don't, you know, it's not your deal. So there's more. Like there's there's you haven't been more to say. I have thoughts and feelings about the pre- these post race press conferences, but I, I just. You know, we got to go. But uh, Wait, I got one more point okay. here to make. All right, okay. We had neutral turf. We had a press conference in Daytona. There was not a Daniel Blair. But there was a plot. Did they clap? They clapped. Steve. All on, they clapped. But who You blame who, me. Who ran you blame it? Blame me. Who ran it? Who ran it, Wygant? Uh, Daytona's PR crew, your guy, your guy Andrew, who got okay. you in the booth. Uh, I liked Andrew. He's a nice and, guy. Uh, and then another person that works with him, uh, a woman, I think. She was uh, one of the actually at the podium. But either way, people clapped. Listen. And it took, I remember this because it took everything. I had to not clap for Brayton. Do you know how freaking hard that was? <laughs> you got to hug on the podium, though. See? See, I've never clapped. Listen, this is. Oh, you don't clap up front. Oh, I don't. <laughs> he doesn't clap for it. I'm going to next week. Of course you don't clap. Listen, you two are on TV, but there's only one of us on this three that have been to a real live press conference for a real sport. That's me. I've been to two of them for hockey. Two hockey press conferences uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights here in town. No one clapped. Okay? It (laughs) It was done professionally. And the right way, and none of the media needs to be cheerleaders for these guys. That's that's what I'm saying. We're we're helping we're helping the media be cheerleader for these guys. And then when some guy like me says, "Oh man, I don't know about that gate pick for Brayton," you know, and blah blah, and then I'm the asshole. I'm the asshole because I didn't clap, and the parent noticed I didn't clap, and then why can't you know how how these parents work? They're insane. So then the parent goes, "Huh, that guy didn't clap for my little Johnny." He must hate him. <laughs> and that's how it goes, Blair, around and around. So that's what I'm saying. You can and stop again, and Blair, Blair, you can stop it. You can stop it, Blair. You just say you just say, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh four fifty class, Eli Tomac, Jason Anderson, Marvin Muscan, come on up. Boom. And then you then start they'll clap for all three and in the, one and shot. And then no, and then you quickly move into a into a question or a statement. 
So yeah. I asked them a question as they're walking to the podium? No, but you can describe the night or something hey. or start talking about the night. You can stop it. Jason Anderson, Marvin Muscan, Eli Tomac, and Jason, when you get there, what do you think of the track? <laughs> no, you don't do that. You go, ladies and gentlemen, uh, can I have Eli Tomac, Jason Anderson, and Marvin Muscan up here, please? It was a great night of racing here in St. Louis in front of 60,000 fans, which, by the way, you divide that by three. And uh, we, uh, we want to talk to you guys and they're all shuffling, and you can stop it, Blair. You have the power. You just refuse not to. <laughs> you can, you refuse not to, but you can do it. Well, as you see, the more you call me out on it, the I go the other way. <laughs> right, I'm right, right, right. This so is this I've is how we my, go. I've dug my heels in. All right. Um, anything else, boys, from St. Louis? I'm good. By the way, the crowd wasn't good either. I, I was. I'm, oh, really? Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, St. Louis is normally really good, or yeah. pretty good, but outside of that day race a few years ago, so not uh, not good crowd. I don't know what happened. I don't know. But I guess it was St. Patrick's Day, right? There was a Blues game also, so um, hopefully hopefully uh, it, re- it rebounds next year. Also, thanks to Michael Antonovich from Schmangworld Schmotocross for delivering pizza to the press box. Gave me a slice or two. Thanks. Thanks, Anton. Hometown of St. Louis for him. Uh, all right, Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Alpine Stars and Max's folks, Daniel Blair, Jason Wygant. Thanks, boys. Wait, wait, what? wait. What? Listen closely. <laughs> Listen closely. Had to bring that one up, huh? <laughs> Did you hear it? Yeah, yeah, we got that. I, 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 I think he's, I think he sounded mad. Mad laugh. Mad laugh. Had to bring that one up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mad laugh. All right, there we go. Daniel, mad laugh? Blair's gone. Blair's gone. Blair's gone. He's had enough of his crap. Yeah, he's out. He's main event moto. He's got a main event moto podcast to do. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Thanks, Weege. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. Absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. 
it was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The Dogger, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could you sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, hey,